I'm on two blasphemy lists in the Vatican. People have petitioned the Vatican to get me put on the Vatican's like fan, oh fan list and stuff. Yeah. Damn. That's like, that's like a list yeah. for all the cool kids, right? Exactly. That's what I think. I feel yeah, like yeah. I'm cool now. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know you really made it is that you're on the Vatican. Yeah, exactly. List. When the Pope knows you. Trash cats on the loose. Red on the loose. It's just a stone's throw from where he got in so Trash cats on the loose. Trash cats on the loose. Hey guys. So. Unfortunately, my microphone was on the first during the recording, so uh, I could only use the audio uh, directly from the Zoom call. So this episode may be a little bit choppier than our usual sound, so I really apologize for that. But I did really enjoy the interview, so I hope you guys do as well. Um, give it a listen. Bye. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Trash Cat Podcast. This is your favorite variety comedy podcast that... Helps you get your mind off of how horrible the world is by just having a couple chuckles and laughs. Um, I am your host, Cameron Donahoe, and I am here with a very special guest today. Introduce yourself, special guest. Hi, I'm Danielle M. Morsino. I am author of the Birth of the Face series and your local ass kicker. Hell yeah, that's what we love to hear. Um, so we have a Trash Cat special today where we are interviewing this very lovely individual uh, who has been so kind to give us uh, a portion of her time today, a little extra portion of her time, because unfortunately I fucked up the meeting. So I, once again, I'm very sorry about that. Um, but that being said, let's get right into it. So let's let's give the listeners just kind of a like a little description of who you are, a little summary of who Danielle is. I'm uh, your typical geek nerd who was a nurse and a martial artist, competitive martial artist. I met wow. a patient who needed a little distraction during IV therapy, and I decided to tell him a story. And from that, my uh, fantasy series was born. I did not think I would ever be a writer. I was going to go to physician assistant school and pump faces full of Restylane and, you know, lip filler. And that's how I was going to kind of go about my day. Right. And, uh, okay. The universe had another opinion and was just like, nope, you're going to be a fantasy writer. Boom. Yeah. I feel like I that's did. how most fantasy writers are born, you know? Just, I, I feel yeah. like they're very rarely like they grow up wanting to be a fantasy writer. It's just kind of like, oh, I got this amazing story that needs to be told and Game of Thrones no, is made. I, had, I had imaginary friends and I was, you know, dressing up as Wonder Woman and going to Comic Con and doing cosplay things. I never thought. I'm going to be a fantasy writer. Yes, that's what I shall do. I thought maybe one day I would write like comic books for DC and Marvel. That's the dream. Right. But yeah. you don't think, you know, my characters would ever wind up. I just thought they lived in my head and, you know, spoke to me as voices and that's where they would stay. You know, all the voices <laughs> in my head would just stay there. I didn't right. think one day they'd actually make it out in paper. But well, here we are. Obviously you know? they did. Yeah. You know who was going to give me a bunch of needles and syringes and access to drugs? That would just be dumb. So, you know. <laughs> Well, here we are. Um, so you you do. Uh, that's another interesting thing about you. You're a very interesting lady. Uh, you also do cosplay. Is that uh, yeah, something that you've just cosplay. always done? Is lots of cosplay. I was always cosplaying before it was like cool to cosplay or oh, before okay, I knew it was okay. cosplay. Like I didn't know what it was. Right. I actually showed up to my green belt test with a Wonder Girl outfit on oh, underneath yeah. because it was the first time I had to break boards. In order to pass your test, you had to break boards. That right. was like the final thing you had to do. So I decided I would make a Wonder Girl outfit based on Deborah Winger's one from like Lin the Linda Carter series. And I right. wore it underneath my uniform. Bracelet. So it everything. wasn't even like the public wasn't even seeing it. It was just for no, you. No, it was, was just entirely for I you. Was just like it was just like this is what I'm going to do to help me. Like all right, and I set up my boards, and my instructor caught because you were only supposed to wear white underneath your uniforms. I was Taekwondo, so it was like very regimented, and he caught the red, and he was like, "Come here," and he called me up to the desk, and I was like, "Yes, sir," and he's like, "Open up your uniform," and I just looked at him. I made some joke like, "Oh, Mr. McLaughlin," like no, and he's like. <laughs> what do you got going on under there and i like oh opened God. it and he saw the red and then he saw the stars and he's like what is that he's like is that a wonder woman outfit and then I, my geek came out i was like first of all it's wonder girl it's drusilla it's deborah winger and she showed up in this season and i went through and he's like stop 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 <laughs> he's like just just stop he's like what are you doing and i'm like well i just thought it would help me like you know break the bore and he was like 
are, are, are you wearing bracelets and do you have the lasso? And I'm like, well, yeah, the lasso is in my, it's in my locker with one of the bracelets. Cause I didn't want, I didn't want to break them when I, when I punched and he's like, okay. He's like, Danny, I'm going to say this to you once. He's like, go get the bracelets, go get the lasso. He's like, I can't believe I'm saying this. Go get him. He's like, and you better break this board on the first time. Oh my fucking God. God, Hell yeah. And I was like, okay, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And I ran out before he would change his mind. And I went in the (laughs) locker, like got everything came out and I went to go take my Dobok top off. And he's like, no, no, no. Keep the top on. He's like, nobody needs to see what you're wearing and what I'm saying yes to. And he's like, and break the boards, Danielle. He's like, because I swear if you don't, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. And I was like, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You know, it was one of those moments of the thing, 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 you know, you right, bow, right. bow, bow. And then I broke everything. And he was a little mad that I did it because I think there was a piece of him that was like, great, now I'm going to have to let her do this every freaking time. <laughs> yeah, he set them. a weird precedent. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, all, he was all like, caged all right, crusaders are welcome. <laughs> I was just like, and we're done. I was like, and yes. scene. Thank you, <laughs> sir. And I was like, and he's like, if you spin, I swear to God. And I'm like, I'm not going to spin. I'm not going to spin. There was a little piece of me that wanted to spin. Right. But I was like, no, we're God. And then <laughs> I, I mean, I went as Wonder Woman like every year. Right. And, you know, I just started building the costumes and making them more and more. And then I went to New York Comic Con and I was like, and we're here. We're home. This is heaven. Thank you so much. That is so great. Yeah. I feel like uh, I've never been to a convention, but I've always heard that like, oh my God, a person's first Maybe. convention is always like, this great like eye widening experience because you just see a bunch of nerds who are like you you know a lot Mm -hmm. of people who just have very similar interests and uh, for a lot of people especially like not recently especially like when you were starting cosplaying that wasn't like a normal thing so I imagine going to your first convention must have been like incredible because you're all of a sudden just surrounded with a bunch of like-minded individuals who just love all the same hobbies that you love it it was overwhelming at first right you know there was just this moment of like wow look at them and then there are people who are like dressed as like megatron you know it just spent thousands of dollars of time and you know the mechanics of it and then there are people who were like like you see a lot of guys coming in drag for the first time and they're so intimidating and then they're intimidated and you just i noticed especially near comic-con people go out of their way to say something nice to them and i find that just so beautiful that people like really go out of their way to just be nice and it's also a rarity yeah. in new york that people right. are like let me go and say something nice and accepting so it's, it's really <laughs> a beautiful like gather gathering of people i went as yvonne craig's batgirl for the first time nice i was like oh that's not something you'll see right and then there's just so many like julie newmar catwomans and they want to come up and take a picture with you because they're like oh that's so cool you just right. find your tribe and it it was awesome. And then I just went every year after that, upping the ante on my costumes because yeah, that's what you do. You know, right, you're just like, course. okay, next year I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you just wind up making like a lot of friends that you, you might only see once a year. You may just mm-hmm. only see them at Comic-Con, but when right. you see them, it's like you never let, it's like yesterday was Comic-Con, you know? Right. <laughs> you're just, yeah. And that's what makes cool. it so special so, is that it's so rare, you know? Yeah, it, it's and there are people like I keep in touch with um, on Instagram, Legend of the Daywalker. He does an amazing blade, Tiny Emmy. They're just people I've met, and we just see each other at the cons. And Lovely. that's it. That's beautiful. Yeah, I so, think yeah, there's really uh, cool. uh, something about cons, man. It's just a lightning in a bottle. It's it's very mm-hmm. hard to to find elsewhere. From what I've from what I've seen and heard. Um, that being said, that kind of leads into my next question. Uh, you are uh, a writer, as we've said, of uh, a series, a fantasy series. And so I was wondering, you're talking about uh, like all these, your favorite comic characters and stuff. Has any uh, characters from any other fictional writing influenced your writings or are any characters taking on any tropes that you you find in your favorite characters? Uh, I- I've been influenced probably by a lot. Like Anne Rice was a big influence for me. You know, the whole uh, Vampire Lestat, you know, Interview with Vampire. Those right. books really spoke to me. Uh, but when it comes to my writing style, I'm probably much more influenced by comics in general. Chris mm-hmm. Claremont, huge influence. You know, Dark Phoenix Saga, Days of Future Past. Mm. That definitely spoke to me. Uh, as much as I'm a DC girl, when it comes to writing style, Marvel, I think, kind of has influenced me most. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, my own uh one of my own characters king jarvok is probably magneto reborn three times over you know with that that whole attitude of you might not agree with what he does and his methodology 
but at the end of the day, he really is trying to protect his his people. Right. That that definitely is pulling from you know from the Marvel side of things. But the idea of the tropes of kind of the anti-hero, that's definitely a comic book thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I like I like Easter eggs. I love leaving Easter eggs in books. Same. I I do love it when something is like teased in the first uh, like chapter and like it, you like the writer just like puts it in the reader's face and you're like that's weird and you just keep reading and reading and reading until just like that uh, clicking moment at the very end like yes. oh my god that was that was shown in chapter one holy shit it's incredible I love doing that I yeah. I'm I love doing that and I've had you know I, some people are like why did they do this? And, you know, and I might not give you that answer till book four and right, it, it's from yeah. book one where I'm like, here, gee, that feather that landed on King Jarvok's face back in book one in chapter three, when will that show up again? Ah, oh, here we are. Book five. I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, I'm like, so as a writer, like, are you, um, when you leave, like get ready to set up these Easter eggs, like, do you have it completely planned from the get-go? Or do you just kind of leave it vague enough to where you can explain it given enough time? Or you're like, I kind of have an idea of what I want to do with this, but I don't have it fully fleshed out? Some of it, I know. Some right. of it, I'm like, I got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that. some of it's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing with this. Other pieces, I'm like, kind of know where I want to go, but I don't know. It's like a path to grandma's house. I'm going to go around the long way. Right. And I'm going right, to leave right, breadcrumbs. Right. And then kind of see how it develops because sometimes I want to see what the readers think. I may be going one way with it and the readers are like, I really see this. And I want to, not that I want to pander to them, but sometimes I want to give them what they want. It's kind of like fan casting, mm -hmm. you know, John Krasinski, fantastic for you know, Reed Richards. Everybody yeah. wanted it. Yeah. So they gave it to them. I will sometimes give the readers what they want and then right. I'll snatch it away. Oh but sometimes God, I'll yes. give you you know, yeah, give, give, it give it a little carrot, give a little carrot, and then immediately yeah. the stick. Nice. And then I'm like, yeah, here you go, here you go. I'll give you that one. But boy, am I gonna break your heart down here. <laughs> I do do that. Uh, I often joke, I'm an equal opportunity offender and murderer. I'm gonna offend everybody, and I'm gonna mm. murder. Nobody is safe in my world. Hell yeah, I do you know? love that. Like, I think that there is. Uh, like a safety in um, just like having all the main characters survive and having everyone just like oh, no. be fine at the end of the day, like a happy ending story. Like in, in a lot of high fantasy for me, I think like what the stories that most engage me are ones that like, it's not, there's no protection over the main characters. It makes every single interaction feel dangerous that like anyone can be harmed in this world because anything can happen. And I think that's like a really important part for me when I when I read fantasy mm -hmm. or if I interact in any kind of fantasy uh, entertainment that like really, really like grips me as a reader. I like to dangle everybody over the edge. That's there great. Is, there's no cliff that you are safe from. I will push anybody off and be like, see ya. Let's find out. Because for me, yeah. it's also challenging as an author. Right. I'm like, you know, I've had editors that are like, did you think what you were going to do after you did that? And I'm like, I really didn't have a plan we'll see what happens you know i'm not sure like i'm not classically trained so right i do every you know there's probably so many things i did that i'm like they're like yeah you weren't supposed to do that you you know like that's not how it's done i'm like well we'll see i don't know you know right yeah let's figure it out i just joke with people that the fae are often uh associated with romance you know especially like the trends in publishing right now yeah for it's sure that's usually romance. when i've seen uh like all fae related um, yeah. bo books especially content where it's like oh like it's like a fan fiction or it's like very very like romantically involved kind of like almost like a like how vampires were for a really long time yeah i'm so not that like, nice cool cool I am, I am not that. I joke a lot that it's like, if you're looking for the Fae to be swiping right or left, <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Nice. Mine are so busy fighting and trying <laughs> to figure out their lives. They do not have time to be like, I really need to go get laid. Um, they, they just don't have time. They're not yeah, like- they're just too cool yeah. to get laid. That's what it is. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs> my world is falling apart. I'm trying to build a kingdom. I can't get home. Oh my gosh, I don't have time to go find a man or a woman or whatever. Yeah. They're not into that. They're just like, yeah, life sucks. <laughs> nope. Don't have time for a guy. Don't have time for a girl. So yeah. sorry. I'm kind of staging civil war. So they're not like, <laughs> let me go make myself beautiful so I could go find somebody. 
that's not it. They're literally like, we're fighting to the death right now, but maybe when we're done, no, no, no. Now I have this tragedy to deal with. Right. So I have an enemies to lovers trope that I play with, but it, that's not until book three. And even then it's like, my, literally my fake queen looks at the king and goes, yeah, we should totally get together. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? He's in the middle of eating. He's like, what? He's like, we just stopped uh, maiming each other about three chapters ago. And and we want, you want to, um, <clears throat> what? Yeah. And let's, he's, uh... like, he's like, can we slow down? She's like, no, that's what we're going to do. Okay. All right, cool. And it's we like, just stopped it's... a war. We just need to like yeah. chill out for a second. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I joke that, like, my fake king is a virgin, and people were like, he's what? And, and I was like, well, why does he have to, why can't he be a virgin? And they were like, because that's not the usual. Like, exactly. My fake king yeah. is not a player. He that's, literally That is really like, interesting, because, like, in, like, a lot of fiction, a lot of the kings are like, oh, I'm gonna cheat on my wife, and, like, go yes. have all this promiscuous sex and stuff. So, yeah, that that is an interesting aspect. I, you don't see a whole lot of, like, virgin... Is he, like, a docile guy, or is he just... He just no, doesn't have time he's for like, it? he's a warrior. He just... Because he's a warrior, he's never had time for it. Okay, he's nice. Closed yeah, that's a super interesting concept, because when you think of, like, the traditional warrior, they're like, oh, yeah, he's... He's fucking kicking ass, and when he gets home, he's getting laid and all that stuff. But this he's, guy has just not stopped kicking ass, so he just no, doesn't have corporate. time. For, yeah, <laughs> he's the corporate man. He's right. like, I'm working my way to the top. I'm gonna keep doing this. Right. Well, I don't have time. So when he needs to finally have sex, it's called aura blending. His lieutenant has to explain it to him. He was oh like, gosh. "Have you ever aura blended?" And he's like, "I've slain demons. I've done this. I've done that." And he's like okay but do you know how to do this and he's like well yeah <laughs> yeah um it's i've done a lot and he's like <laughs> no do you know what it's like and he's like if you want to explain it to me i'll allow it i mean you know and so then the guy's like oh my gosh you've never done it and he's like oh my gosh. so what's your point and he's like i now have to explain this in battle terms because if i really sit down oh, and go yeah. through the mechanics with you you're not gonna understand it right yeah and he's like okay okay fine 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 all right and so he's like all right first you have to make sure your sword is of the right hardened steel Oh okay <laughs> and so it goes through this whole like i'm only going to use war terminology right. to explain sex because you've never done this before right. and so and here's like it's almost like a father a son but the son explaining sex to the father right. that's a really fun trope to kind of flip on its head um and as like a reader as well like that's a really entertaining way to go about explaining sex because like Obviously, you don't want to just have, like, the birds and the bees talk on paper. Like, mm -hmm. that's a really funny and entertaining way to kind of, like, show that to the king without just being like, oh, you know, like, flip out a, like, a, a, a health book or anything, an yes. anatomy book or anything like that. That's really funny. I like that twist a lot. Um, so you were talking, so this is obviously, like, a very, like, war-torn book. There's a lot of uh, violence and fighting. And uh, that goes into my next question. Um you uh, you are you were like you're saying previously you were uh was it mixed martial arts was it like a certain uh school of fighting or anything that you competed in I or i started in taekwondo mm -hmm. uh in uh, itf which was the older style not what you see in the olympics okay. the older style uh by okay. general Choi hung hee that's what i started in i was a form competitor and point sparring so i started in that okay did that all up and down the east coast for years switched to kung fu wushu and that's what i was on the u.s team for oh wow uh where i won my silver medal uh for the wka world championships oh my goodness and then i did go to thank you i went to tiger shulman's i did fight uh with shulman's for a little bit uh i now i do muay thai but i've done you know i've done all different versions right uh, so you, you know, dabble in a whole bunch played. of different styles of yes. fighting um at, yes. at very high levels from what it seems like um yes. and, does that fighting ever correlate into your writing? Like, do you ever like have them doing any specific maneuvers that you would see yourself doing in like a fighting scenario that's similar to what they're doing? I, I actually act out every fight scene that's in the book. I've acted really? out and videotaped. No way. I want it. Yes, I this do everything. Realistic. Wow, that's incredible. I that's... don't want anybody to look. I don't do big, broad, um, drawn out, like 
horseback, you know, everybody's on horseback fighting because mm-hmm. I don't do that. And, I, you know, J.R., you know, Tolkien does it, George R.R. Martin, they do it really well. And that's great for them. But yeah, I like to almost... think that uh, when when mm-hmm. uh, J.R. Tolkien is doing Battle for the Deep, he like went, he reenacted the entire thing himself. I'd like, like to think that. Like yes. he's, doing, he's just like in full suits of armor with a bunch of friends. And he's like, let's go. <laughs> yes. I'd like to think that, so I kind of want to leave it there. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that, that's oh, my little head everything. That, that's how it works in my head, at least. <laughs> that's yeah. So that's why I'm like, okay, it's almost like when you're watching uh, a Marvel movie, okay, right. and they're doing the fights or the um, the Christopher Nolan, Nolan Batman. Sometimes you just saw ears, a cape, and a fist, and you were like, okay, what, what what's happening here? <laughs> what's happening? I can't see it. Right. So I want my reader to be like, I can picture everything that's happening here no problem that's great because oh sorry Um, i acted out that's awesome i i think that that's actually like i think you might have stumbled upon like a really great technique because personally when i read like it's kind of like it's the opposite for when i'm experiencing like an action movie like i'm like all about the fight choreography and i like how cool the effects and the like the visual aspects are but when i'm reading like i'm more so like kind of skim over the fighting because I feel like it's not translated as well and like I'm all about the story mm-hmm. so like the way that you're talking about it, it makes seem it makes it seem that the uh, fight choreography is a lot more interesting because it's a lot more easily visualized at least from what it sounds like that's what I I try to do that right I try not to make it more than the biggest group might be four people okay. but that's it I, I don't like to go bigger than that because then I feel right. like you're like okay, there's a fist over there. There's a guy over It's too much because right. the picture even in your head, you're like, okay, where, where is everybody? So I try to make it a smaller group and I, I try to give it the effect of, okay, the elbow crossed the body, it hit, you know, it hit the jaw. You could hear the crunch of the jaw, this nice. person's sidekick. So it's like, you know, the striking target and the focus of everything that's happening. And you're like, okay, if I'm watching it, I, I can see where everybody is. It makes more sense, even to the swords. I mean, right. I've had moments where I've got my dog on her hind legs and I'm like, stay still. <laughs> I'm like, just sit. You've got to trust me on this peanut. Just stay there, Penelope. I got you. And then, you know, we're sword right. fighting in the back. And I'm like, you're my first guard. And then Carlos comes running by as my Yorkie. And I'm like, you're my second one. And just everybody stay still. We got I, this. I think that would be a really interesting scene for someone who's opened the door and see you sword fighting your dog. Oh, dogs. gosh, yeah. It's, <laughs> there are people who just back out and they're like, God. It. You know, my husband's walked out and he's gone, dogs are okay. I don't want to know what's happening here. And I'm like, nope, nope, just leave. Just leave. And we just slowly back out. And it's all good. So, I think yeah, it's, it's, I all, think it's funny it's that you you can be like, hey, I'm going to go like write for like a couple hours. Just don't bother me. And instead of hearing like the clickety clack of keys, he just hears like a full battle going on in the other room. Yep. <laughs> that's interesting. That's, that's a, what's going I on feel outside. like that's an incredibly unique writing style for sure. Like, or at least a writing technique. <laughs> yeah, it's we've seen some things. I've also invented a uh, synchron, which is a martial art that the Illuminasca use, which is uh, the Court of Lights like elite fighting troop right so it combines you know the elements almost if you watched avatar yeah yeah be like yeah oh that, that's you super know, cool water earth fire air you know so if they were fighting back to back you wouldn't want somebody using fire using water right, so it's, right you know it's kind of a mixture of different arts to to work with that so i've done a lot of things to utilize martial arts together right that's incredible and bring it bring it in yeah, and I also I think that was a, a really awesome technique that Avatar did do where like each water had like a corresponding martial art that kind of flowed directly into it. Like water is very like it was like Tai Chi or something like that. Yes. It and was then, very, like, yeah, it was very fires kung fu and like each uh movement is very similar to the like how the element would react. Mm-hmm. Or, like how it would actually like uh like kung fu uh very movement heavy and acrobatic and like those you see firebenders like kicking and uh doing all these incredible like acrobatic maneuvers and to kind of like mimic the martial art that is based off of so i thought that was yeah. a really cool idea and so i think that's a that's awesome that you're kind of incorporating a similar thing into your uh into your writing yeah. style. what would you say are like the authors that kind of inspire you the most i, I assume you are are you a avid reader as well as a writer 
Yeah, I love reading uh, Anne Rice, Kim Harrison, Laurel K. Hamilton. I loved a lot of her earlier work. Mm-hmm. I don't know where she's going right now, but I like a lot of her stuff. Uh, right. Shannon Mayer, I think, is phenomenal. She puts out a lot of books, tremendous amount of books, and I really don't know how she does it. Uh, of course, you know, Lord of the Rings is just a you know vernacular. Right, uh, yeah. As far as everything. Uh, Mary Zimmerman, uh, Miss of Avalon, I think is great. But probably Anne Rice is like the pinnacle. And then I just, I have to always go back to my comic books and Chris Claremont, George Perez, uh, even Jim Steranko's artwork mm-hmm. has influenced me in, in wow. some of the it, stuff it, he's it, done. The artwork has influenced your writing? Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. Just okay. because he he did such crazy bending mm-hmm. with a lot of his artwork right that it kind of took you into that fantasy world uh right. mike diodato jr as an artist is just phenomenal his original work on uh wonder woman for the uh, zero hour i'd imagine such movement right that does it right I, i'd imagine like character designs of certain comic books like would those uh like directly influence you to be like oh like I never thought that like like obviously fairies are pictured a certain way, but like maybe like fairies and Hellboy are pictured very differently. Um, Definitely. Um, that and, and so like that would takes it right out. Yeah, so I can imagine uh, having that uh, visual media influence directly into your strictly like on the paper media or yeah yeah media that works. <laughs> you might yeah my fae don't look like fairies like you know okay. i'm not drawing like i'm not going with tinkerbell my right. fae are tall lit i mean they have i have all different fae because fae in my world stands for the fellowship ages of earth so it's okay, actually cool. an anchor an acronym right uh, but i do have small little pixies that fly around and they're really nasty uh <laughs> they have hot venom that come from their antenna oh. that they can throw at you or Damn, uh, so like males. every there's no cute things it's just everything's oh, no. fucking built they're nasty for little things. They're, <laughs> I, I joke that the fa- that the pixies and the willow wisps are like the little fighters of the group they're always looking to fight right they um they can charge the male can actually charge sickles with the hot venom and inject it when they hit you with the sickle and that'll Damn. burn you from the inside out mm. yeah no my fae are like they're ready to go uh the dark fae are nothing but warrior angels that did not go back to the shining kingdom they've been locked out right so they're looking to fight with anybody who will move because that's <laughs> oh, all they've shit. done for their entire right. existence they're right. just like oh you want to start with me let's go i mean you know you could look at them cross-eyed and they're like good let's let's go kick some ass yeah they're let's just they're dying for it they just <laughs> call themselves the dark fae because the light fae are like we are the light fae they're like oh your light we're dark this guy's blue it's brown dips they're dips just, on being the dark fae right yeah, they're just like okay <laughs> They're like, you want to be the light fake? We will be the dark fake. Why? Because everybody's scared of the dark of the night. So we are now the night. Yeah. It's, yeah that's a that's a great bit of marketing on the dark face part. Yeah. They're just like, <laughs> okay, light, dark. Great. Yeah, fuck you guys. Blue, red. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. They're just Whatever like, you guys are will be that. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. They're just like, and we shall be, you know, they're like, this is our court of light. This is the palace. They're like, yeah, we live in a fortress named Bloodhaven. How do you like that? <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's very very much. You want to have, yeah. You want to have deer. We have dragons. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's super tight. Yeah. You obviously are a very big fan of uh, fiction and other genres as well. What if you could implant like one character from any of your favorite uh, uh, authors or books or uh, film or anything into your story? What character would you bring into your story? I would love to do something with uh, Laurel K. Hamilton's Anita Blake. Mm. She's kind of this, you know, um, ass-kicking vampire hunter. And I think it would kind of just be fun to do something with that, Uh, especially with what I'm doing later on in my series, where I'm doing stuff with the succubus and the CIA and all this kind of, I'm bringing it into modern day. So Mm -hmm. I think um, adding Anita Blake would be really kind of cool and do something fun. Uh, with that, especially, like I said, where I'm going, because I'm taking the Fae right now. Uh, I'm finishing book six, and then that ends volume one, and we leave it uh, back in like the 16th century, and then we time jump with volume oh. two to modern day. Okay. And that's where we go shadow, shadow government, like I said, CIA, all that stuff. 
think it'd be kind of cool to to play with Anita Blake and kind of yeah that'd be a, that'd in. be a really fun interaction between her and your other like fantasy characters because like oh are these yeah. like probably she's not familiar with Faye but she's like might think they're vampires or something and then something yeah like that. kind of pop her in and, and yeah. see she's got like all these different you know uh things going on with her and shifters and all that so where I where I go with that I think it would be kind of cool and right like I said I love Laurel K Hamilton so I think it would be an interesting mix to throw right. her in especially you know the volume two I have more of a male protagonist mm-hmm. so I think it would be uh a lot of fun to see where that goes and I'm excited for that aspect of the face story to mm-hmm. concentrate on it lovely that that I would love to see that that'd be great I mean obviously you can't just snatch other people's characters but that does sound like a really fun no. mashup um yeah yeah so you uh, obviously you don't have the traditional writing background that a lot of authors have um do you have any tips or tricks that you would uh tell like people who are starting up writing like uh to to become published or working with editors or anything like that get an editor first and foremost get a good (laughs) editor yeah uh that's the first thing I've gone through really bad editors to really great editors Mm -hmm. and know what an editor is supposed to do. You have a developmental editor, which is somebody who's supposed to be looking for plot holes and kind of get your story straight. And then there's the line editor. Their job is grammar. Listen to them, you know, like let them do their job. But um, for your developmental editor, make sure that you have a good rapport with them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really important. If there's obviously something that you want to fight for, make sure that you're willing to die on that hill and that it's really worth it. Okay. If they're coming back and they're like, look, you know, the character has blonde hair and here you write that they have brown hair or whatever, you know, and you can come to a meeting in the mind of, okay, they can have Sandy blonde hair. Mm -hmm. Don't sit there and be like, but they have to have blonde hair. There's other (laughs) things to fight about. Right. You know what I mean? I've seen some people get caught up on the dumbest details and it's like, you're not listening to the story. Make sure it flows. So, don't surround yourself with yes men and don't, don't use friends don't don't use friends that's a really great idea because i feel like yeah. when you're first starting out that is the resource people te- tend to turn to it's like friends family people who don't really aren't qualified like whatsoever they they don't want to hurt your feelings or sometimes they want to be too honest yeah and then they're yeah. like they destroy the dreams so don't write by committee you know where mm-hmm. you're trying to like please everybody just get a good editor you can look up, uh, they have, you know, societies and things like that. Find a good editor, work with them, listen to them and make sure you have a line editor. That's going to take care of your grammar. And then the story editor, the developmental editor, awesome. two different people work with that. Uh, I have, I found in my publishing house, I have a great friend who's uh, a YA fantasy, young adult fantasy, um, mm-hmm. CR Rice, her and I bounce ideas off of, each other and going back to your question about if i could pull a character uh, her and i are going to do a crossover with one of her characters and, one oh. of mine, and we're going to actually bridge our worlds she cool. writes the realm series i write you know birth of the fae obviously we've both found a character where uh we could actually meld them and have them jump into each other's worlds and that's oh, what wow. we're gonna do but because we have she writes very chaotically i write very chaotically we came together and now we're kind of like bouncing ideas off of each other. So I think it's good to find somebody that writes similarly that you can kind of go back and forth with and CR and I do do that. So we're, right. you know, because of that, we were able to be like, you know what, let's do a crossover. Let's just see what happens. And so that's <laughs> what we're working on. Whether this experiment is going to be, you know, fruitful or not, eh, we don't know. But like we already spoke to our publisher and we're like, we're going to try this and we're just going to see. And hopefully our fans like it. But, you know, I'm kind of, she's, I'm pulling her into mine and I'm kind of meeting her halfway into hers because I'm not young adult, but, uh, well, we're going to say, yeah, so I think knows? sometimes you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, all too often writers just kind of stick with their niche and never really like expand. So that's, that's really great that you're really like, it sounds like almost your entire life, you've been constantly trying to evolve and push yourself to do different crazier things uh that you that you enjoy so good for you that's really awesome um what, uh, let's do let's do one more question and then we can we can wrap this up um so you are uh do you have you obviously did years and years of mma or uh, martial arts 
Um, what is the one of the worst injuries that you've ever seen in a martial arts uh, setting? Uh, I've seen some bad injuries. I can only speak to my injuries. It's hard for me to talk about other people's injuries because I've right. seen them. But right. um, I have popped my hamstring out of my the insertion pocket. I have oh. broken my nose uh, in a fight. The girl broke it after the fight. Right. That was a lot of fun. Oh, um, after the fight. After the fight. So fight whistle blown, over. everything was done, and then she whistle just went blown, at you. Whistle blown, like yeah, big tall girl comes into the ring. <sighs> She's probably five ten. Now I'm only five one. Okay. So when That's you fight, a pretty significant sparring, difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is no okay under belt at black belt division. They try to match you up by weight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of one of those you look about the. Under rank, so anything under black belt, there is no weight class. Sometimes there's not even male class, gender oh, wow. class. Oh. So I fought guys before where they're like, there's no girls. Do you want to fight the guys? And I'm like, okay, sure, let's go. <laughs> um, so a lot of times it's like eeny, meeny, miny, get in the ring. Or sometimes they'll go, you two look about this. I, I don't know, just get in the ring. You know, right. it's been a lot of those. Right. So I went in the ring and literally the guy went, eh, you look good. And this five foot ten chick walks in, and I'm like, oh. So in point sparring, some sometimes it's two points for a kick to the head, one to the body, one right. for any technique to the body, kick, punch, doesn't matter. Right. This was a tournament my father happened to come to. It's the first tournament he comes to. I'm a blue belt, almost red belt, and my dad is not much taller than me. Okay, he'll tell you he's taller than me. He's taller <laughs> than me. Okay, we're we're the Keebler elves. This okay, nice. So my stepmother is six foot one. So oh, wow. That's wow, what damn. I got you in the corner. Yeah. So I got Yosemite Sam and my stepmother. Right. They're in the corner. And this woman looks back at her friends and it's her whole school. And she goes, I got this. It'll be over quick. And at this point, my dad's top like flips and he's just like, kill her. Kill her for the short people. Just kill her for the Keebler elves. And I'm like... I got this. So all I'm thinking is it's to five points, two points. for Okay, I can do this in 30 seconds. Like, I just got to be fast. I'm quick. I got to be fast. Round kick to the head. We're done. Right. I knew my center judge, Mr. Peoples. So I'm like, I look at Mr. Peoples even looks at me like, this is a tall bitch, Danielle. But okay, cool. We got this. Good. Real David and Goliath scenario. Yeah. So they say go. I, I get my leg out in a point match. All your judges have to agree. It has to be, uh, you know, majority rule. Right. I get it. Okay, point. They all agree. Two points. I'm like, cool. Two nothing. Got this. Okay, go. I do it again. All right, we're four nothing. Now I know the next time she's not falling for it. I know it. Right. I decide go low. I hit her with a cross. Boom. Point. It's five nothing. Winner. Hell yeah. But at at that point, as I hit her, I key eye, and I'm like, there's a chance this judge didn't see it. So he steps back before he awards it and goes, judges call. And I turn around because I'm like, this guy might not have seen it. And I'm like, what's he going to call? And she calls my name. So I turn around and she hook punches me dead in the face. Oh, shit. That's some fucking Damn. Cobra Kai shit right there. <laughs> yeah, this was Johnny Sweep the Leg moment. What the hell? This was That's Johnny so Sweep the Leg. <laughs> and so she hits me and I had so much adrenaline that I just looked at her. And I hear Mr. Peebles go, whoa, 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 stop, stop. Judges call. And I hear I get the point. So I'm like, I got the point. It don't matter. But my nose was saying something else. Oh, God. So I look up at her. Straight face, I go, I'm sorry. I have another fight to win. And I'm just, because nothing is clicking yet on what has happened. It's just not. And I see Mr. Peebles go, oh, shit. And I'm like, what? And he's going, you okay, honey? You okay? And so he grabs the other girl, calls her coach over. They're having a whole thing. Right. And I see my dad go, come here to me. And I go, okay. And I start walking, but I'm going in a different direction. And he starts yelling to the middle, to the middle. And I'm going, okay, back to the middle. But it's not working. And I finally get over him and he like pulls me over and he goes, you okay, kid? And I look at him and I go, I got to sneeze. Oh. And he goes, no. And I sneeze and I'm red. It just blood. Oh, and I look, and Mr. Peoples walks over. He goes, how we doing? And I just take my Dobok top off. And I go, who am I fighting next? And he goes, her friend. I went, oh, I'm fighting. 
And I go, Meek. And I look at my stepmother and I go, pack me up. And she takes tissues out of her bag and puts it up my nose. And I go, because the adrenaline's going to wear off and this is going to hurt. And she yeah. goes, um, your nose is, is it's, um, it's bowed. And I go, what do you mean it's bowed? And she goes, it's, um, it, it, it's kind of making a C shape right now. Oh, and Mr. People goes, oh, it's broken, honey. It's <laughs> broken. And I'm like, I got another fight to win. And he goes, we threw her out. She's been escorted out. I go, I don't care. I beat her. And he's That's going, right. Okay. Her friend is a little round. So she's going to have some power behind her. I'm just warning you. And I'm like, it's good. I walk back. And then her friend looks at me and goes, you're fighting. I went, and I'm about to beat you. So Holy let's make shit. this quick. That is the most and, intimidating start to it. Like a under 18 martial arts match that I've ever heard. <laughs> and I walk back in there. No, I'm over 18. So I walk back over. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's go. I throw a spin kick and I miss her and go like almost out of the ring. Oh, my shit. dad's like, aim for the middle one. Aim for the middle one. <laughs> I finished this fight quicker than I finished the last. I win. I look at her. I'm like, F off. Yeah. And I go walking back and my dad looks at me. I go, we need to go to the hospital like now. <laughs> like right now. Like we we need to go now. He goes, don't you want the trophy? I go, I don't. Mr. Peoples goes, I'll get her the trophy. Don't worry about it. It'll be at my school. You can pick it up it's all good and oh, he's yeah. like you need to leave and i'm like oh yeah. uh, it's it's oh it's hurting and my dad's <laughs> like oh, okay and he's like that was a punch that would have knocked most men out i got inducted into the world martial art hall of fame i've won a silver medal my dad still talks about that punch he could care less about everything else i've done he will still go there was this shot that she took he goes i watched her nose collapse and it was just, but that punch, man. And I'm like, <laughs> you understand I was on the receiving end of that. Like, I remember the punch. And he was just like, that punch, man. That, that, it was that, that shot she took. That girl was coming down with that punch. And I'm like, yeah, I was, dad, I never got my, I was like, you never fixed my nose. And he's like, yeah, I know. But that's because I knew you were going to break it again. So I wasn't really all that. Yeah, I'm just trying like, to save some time, you know. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, eh, you know, he's like, so one eye's a little darker under there. I wound up hairline fracture under my orbital oh my and gosh. then the bridge of my nose was broken. And Damn. Like, but, and he's like, yeah, but you broke it again. He's like, so, so it, so it bows a little bit. Yeah. You just got to break it the other way, you know, even it out a little bit. Yeah. They did a little, and I was like, and I walked out, EMT came over, went to the hospital and I was like, he was like, it worked out. He's like, and you have a story to tell. He's that like, is, I watched you true. take that punch. That is the I'm classic like, dad uh, bit of advice. It's like, well, you got a story now, right? I know it sucks, but at least you got a great story to tell. I'm like, my face could have collapsed. He goes, but it didn't. He's like, we just, I remember leaving him going, you cannot tell your grandmother that this happened. He's like, that's the one thing. He's like, we need to keep this away from your grandmother. He's like, because I'm like, you're scared of me, Ma. I'm like, you could care less, but Mima is what we're scared of. He was like, yeah, no, we don't tell your grandmother that I allowed this. He's like, that wooden spoon will come out? No. because Yeah, my he's going to get his face. own fucking shiner from yeah. grandma. <laughs> why, why do you have to get hit in the face? You're so pretty. Why do we have to get hit in the face? That's all my grandmother would say. Right. Why do you got to get hit in the face? So that's what he was scared of. So yeah, that was my worst, like, yeah, that's I could still hear the bone crunch of that. Oof. Yeah, that is that is pretty rough. Um, yeah, well, hopefully, uh, Grandma Orsino is not a listener of this podcast, so hopefully your secret stays safe with us. Um, yeah, she's she's looking down going, now I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, that explains so much right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why your nose is all just slightly off. Yeah, that's why she would look at me and grab my chin and go. <laughs> just do an inspection real quick. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, so sorry, we, if we could do just one more, cause you did actually yep. bring up a really interesting tidbit right before we, uh, right at the beginning of recording, you were on a, uh, a list of some kind. You're on a, I am a on, blasphemy um, list. I'm How on two exactly blasphemy lists. Work? Yeah. I'm aiming for the third. Um, I'm on two <laughs> blasphemy lists due okay. to, uh, the nature of book one. For some reason, they haven't gotten a book four yet. Wait till they do. Um, <laughs> yeah, just right because... off the bat, you're already on two lists. That's a, that's a, yeah. That should I'm... be like on one of the uh, like the selling points of your book, where it's like you would think you would yeah. think. Um, I've received several death threats. Oh my god! I'm still receiving them to this day, which is 
I find funny uh, because the nature of the book is that uh, they are angels who can't go home. You know, mm-hmm. they've been locked out of the shining kingdom. So in the book, I do use biblical events, to, oh, but they are really okay. fake explanations. Right. So um, they, I, I do not go against anything. What all I'm saying is, once again, it's a fantasy book. Right. Is that um, certain biblical events that have happened are really fey battles, and humans interpret them as oh, that's interesting. Events that's really of biblical proportions. Right. So I don't say that it didn't happen, but you know, uh, one of the events is a parting of a certain sea that we all know, and uh, you know. As the Israelites come upon it, they ask for the sea to be parted. And what they don't understand is that it's a fey battle that is transpiring. So they interpret right. it as, oh, yes, he parted the Red Sea. And the fey are like, we're in the middle battling right here. Like, we don't have time for this. Right. Um, so things happen. And let's just say some certain religious right-wingers did oh, not geez. find my interpretation amusing. That does. Yeah, um, I, I could see that happening. <laughs> Um, they felt that I was a person of blasphemy, which means an enemy of religion. And right, so right. they have certain Christian ethic groups have put me on a blasphemy list and um, put me as a, an enemy to Christianity and religion. That, that's and so crazy because it's not like you're saying your me. books are religious texts. Like you're just saying that it's like, it's like this fantasy make-believe world, you know, like why? It's, it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, I don't even refer to him as God. I say the creator. It's, okay. you know, yeah. I don't say these things. Once again, it's just my prologue is, you know, I say Lucifer got cast out. Like, you know, it's just an inter, it's a fantasy book. That's it. I'm not right. saying like I'm the gospel truth. Let me just be very clear. It's not that I'm an atheist. It's nothing like that. Right. It's just I used it as the base, but some people did not find it. So one group did say that they were going to the Vatican to petition that the book be banned. I don't oh, know wow. how far it got. I have not yet received the letter from the Vatican. I don't know if like a bat drops it off. I don't know how that goes. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the Pope calls me and he's like, yo, you out. I, I'm not really like I don't know how this goes. I'm not sure. I don't know right. if like I get a smoke signal. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know if my crosses all burn. They, right, they haven't yeah. exactly told me. Um, <laughs> I started receiving death threats, and then I would start receiving plagues and stuff. Yeah, locusts. I'm not sure if like the, the locusts start hitting the window. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know. I received. Um, I get DMs on Instagram a lot that are like, you're very angry with God. Can you please give us your home address so we can send oh you books gosh. and pamphlets? And so now my it's my same response. Uh, Lucifer has not told me what realm of hell we'll be living in once we're married. But once he does, I will let you know. Please send towels. We're registered at Bed Bath & Beyond. There's not a lot here in hell. That's usually my response from this Good point response. on. You know, and then I'll sign it, Danielle m morning star soon to be morning star you know and i, I oh try my practicing gosh. my signature right uh stuff like that because Damn. you know yeah you don't you don't see say? people clap back on a whole lot of uh, death threats so that's pretty ballsy good for yeah. you you know i've gotten like that stuff i don't mind the death threats like i had people actually send me pictures of them holding a gun with like a date underneath it Jesus Christ. and i'm like you guys get that this is a fantasy novel. Like, right. I don't think Jesus is sitting on a cloud going, clapping, going, go get that little redheaded novelist. Right. Going, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking that goes against that whole turn the other cheek thing. Yeah, maybe, again, yeah, maybe. Could be wrong. <laughs> could be wrong. When I get there, I will ask him specifically, and I will have right. a list of names to go. Yeah, okay, I bet go they're going to be names. so pissed when I see you in heaven. They'll be like, God fucking damn it. I think you know, I'm hoping when Shiva's sitting there with six arms and they're going to be like, oh, we had this so fucking long. You know, I'm really hoping that's how the whole thing's right, going to yeah. go down. Right. Uh, or when the aliens come down. I'm just yeah, wh- whatever like, afterlife thing happens. Like, I'm just going to be the one sitting there laughing, going, aren't you guys, don't you feel a little stupid? Um, but my big thing is you guys are still on book one wait till you read book four because i got a whole chapter called the jesus factor you're still on one i've offended so much more in four i don't know why you're like you poked the bear here i got more going on in four than i did in (laughs) one i don't i don't know what you're so upset about i got there's a lot more but cool um so you know i just laugh it all off now uh 
like, yeah, I would prefer not the gun pictures. I've had people outside my home taking pictures of me. So now I smile and wave, kind of like the penguins in Madagascar, smile and wave, boys, smile and wave. Um, And, you know, I'm kind of like, cool, let's uh, see where this goes. And once again, if the Pope wants to talk to me, we can totally go for a drive in the Pope mobile. I will bring the audio book. We will drive around. And then he can tell me what he thinks. Yeah, he can judge I'll, it. I'll even read him the book. I'll sit there and read him page by page. I'll be like, this chapter is called Empathy for the Devil. What do you think of this? I thought it was a cool play on words, man. We'll have tea. I don't know. Um, yeah, make a day of it, you know? I, I think the Pope and I would get along great. So, you know, I think he would appreciate my cosplay, first of all. Right. And my dragons. I think, he'd be, I think he'd be totally into it. I even borrowed when, like, the, the smoke changes. When they decide the Pope, I put that in my book. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. That's tight. In my dragon book. I was like, yeah. Um, drag will choose the next opponent when the smoke changes to purple. Just like the Pope. So you Which see, way... I'm giving him credit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's another one positives. Um, it's... Like, I know we joke around a lot on this podcast, but like, it, that is really fucked up. And I'm very, very sorry that people are sending you death threats. Um, that's not okay. No one, even if you... Like, don't like someone, or even if they are doing horrendous things, do not send people death threats, people. That is very, very not okay. Um, not so over I'm, a fantasy book. Yeah, especially <laughs> like, not over sp- yeah, fantasy gosh. books. Um, so I'm really sorry that you have to go through that. Um, and I do, that That does tie up our podcast, and I appreciate you coming on today and uh, giving us Thank your ins you. and outs of who Danielle Orsino is and what your books are about. Um, or do you want to tell the people uh, like where they can find your book or where they can find you on social media or anything like that? I would love that. Uh, you can always find me at birthofthefay.com or on Instagram at birthofthefay, F-A-E underscore novel, birthofthefay underscore novel. That's on Instagram. You can find me on Bookie Call, B-O-O-K-E or B-O-O-K-Y call. That's an app. Uh, it's on iOS and Android, where you can just find your next great book date. It's kind of like Tinder for books. Oh, lovely. Yeah, you swipe right or left and kind of figure it out. My first book, Locked Out of Heaven, is on there. So I think that's pretty cool. And then I actually have a sports podcast. Oh, no Moving way. the Chains. Yeah, because I'm a big Giants fan. Oh, so okay. you can always catch me there um, on Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio by Mancini Sports and catch it there. But you can always find my books on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target.com, and check out the Birth of the Face series by Four Horsemen Publications. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Danielle. It was great getting to know you, great uh, talking to you, and uh, I hope nothing but the best for you. Um, so, thank you so much. Yeah, you will not be receiving any death threats from us. So thank you. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And I hope uh, nothing but the best for your, uh, your writing and everything you got going on. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Trash cat in the summertime. In the wintertime. As it stays.